fan. You're listening to Inside the Crew, the only radio show dedicated to all things Columbus Crew and the beautiful game. Sponsored by Coda, a trusted mobility sponsor of the Columbus Crew. Here's your host, Chris Doran. And welcome to Inside the Crew. Glad you're with us. We're talking Crew 2 and the championship game on Sunday, MLS Next Pro championship game. Second year in a row for Crew 2 as they square off against Austin FC 2. 5 o'clock, lower.com field. Tickets available, columbuscrew.com slash tickets. The GM for Crew 2, Corey Ray, joins us in just a moment. We'll talk to Charles Alchek, who's a part of MLS Next Pro. He's the president of the league and will be on the phone with us tonight. Michael A. Race from Columbus Dispatch. He is going to talk a little bit about Crew 2. I think we're going to talk more about um, Yevon Shaburko and the story behind his arrival here in Columbus. And Dwight Burgess, who will address the history that we could possibly see on Saturday night when the first team takes on Montreal on Decision Day. Our show today brought to you by Tipico Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the Black and Gold, and by Ohio Cat, the official construction equipment provider of the Columbus Crew. Corey Ray, GM of Crew 2, on the phone with us. Corey, thanks for being on the show. And secondly, and most importantly, congratulations on a great season. You must absolutely be on cloud nine to have your team playing in the final. Yeah, uh, we're very, very, very excited um, to to be here again for sure. Uh, the best part is is kind of how different it is than last year, and 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 so when you really look back at the the team and the roster, um, we're just happy that the the concept of what we had in mind the last off season has has paid you know tremendous dividends, and here we are again. And is it mostly just that you you dipped into the academy a little deeper and perhaps released some first team guys that really needed time with the first team? Yeah, so we were we were happy to promote the guys to the first team. Is the the main objective of, of the team is to get guys um, ready to to chip in with the first team. Um, great success on on that side. And then we we did have a real nice group of young, talented academy players underneath that had been performing well in the MLS Academy platform called MLS Next. Um, and so they were ready and, and had been fully integrated. Um, actually, in December, uh, November, December, we did some really large training with all the different age groups and professionals. And so we thought we could build a kind of a core underneath with, with them and give them the first sniff. Uh, and then we recruited some strategic, you know, players in, in age bands that we thought could still be developed and interesting for the first team. And now we're here with all those mixture of different players and we have a great coach as well and staff. So um, you put all those things together and you hope. Um, you hope that it's going to work out and, and certainly we've been very fortunate this year as well. Is it a surprise more so that you folks have made it to the final game or is it a surprise that Austin FC is the opponent and you get to host? It, it, there's, yeah, a lot of it is surprising. I would say on the team side, the team consistently performed well in a lot of our offensive categories in, in, in the way we want to play in, in a lot of the, the philosophical ways that this club feels are important, um, when you step on the field. So we had good indicators on that. Uh, the belief maybe took a little bit longer because you did have so many different new players and that gelling and, you know, to be a team and winning takes, takes a group of guys to, you know, sacrifice a lot of things together. And so that, normally takes time so that's maybe the surprise although we hit 
a number of times in the season, like you guys need more belief in what you're doing. They were playing in a really exciting way at many times, brave. Um, and, and, and so we were just taking our time reminding them of that. So that is a surprise. On the other side, hosting, uh, I, I mean, all the things that had to happen and you throw in the wrinkle of the selection process and, and how that all works and then going on the road and, and getting results against better teams that were very surprised to be hosting. Um, and that Austin was the team that kind of took out the other clubs that could have hosted. Um, this doesn't really happen so often. And so we're very excited to host, to, to be able to play a team like Austin in, in their first season. Um, who by all accounts, you know, looked at what we did last year and tried to build a team um, in a similar way and, and, and better in, in some areas. And here we are. Now, I know in uh, 2018, you were in Toronto, so you probably don't know the story of the rift between the black and gold of Columbus and Austin FC. So I'm not going to ask you about that. I'll yeah. move on from that. Sure, uh, yeah. But I will have I'm educated on it. Uh, <laughs> I'm <sorry>. yeah. <laughs> it makes it extra special. I, I got to yeah. tell you that the fan base is fired up. Um, I have to tell you, Lauren Courtois is an unbelievable guy. I mean, I know you know that, but I spent yeah. 40 minutes with him last week and yeah. he is he's an unbelievable man, not yes. just coach, but he's an unbelievable man. How lucky are you to have him on your side? I mean, he's probably one of the most interesting people I've ever met in my life. Um, and yeah. it's not just coaching, like you said, the way he sees things, um, his experiences throughout the game. Um, he's, he's a great teacher when it comes to very certain, um, specific moments in, in, in helping the young players and he, he can pull on that experience. Um, but as someone who cares about how he's perceived as a human and, and, you know, what the greater goal of everyone is. Uh, he thinks about those things deeply. And so he's, um, you know, unique in that sense. And all of us are fortunate that he's here in Columbus. Um, and we're very fortunate that we have our, our, our players that are able to learn from him every day. Um, and with all that said, um, he's, he's a, a really good coach, um, when mm -hmm. it comes to identifying, um, certain aspects of, of, of the game, how he sees the game. Um, there's, there's really good alignment within the club between some of the concepts that he sees and how he views the game and, and obviously Wilfried and, um, we've been able to build off of the two of them and, and create you know, something that expresses what the crew believes when it comes to development in our second team um, and align with some of the principles that the first team has as well, which is which is really hard to do uh, from my experience. Corey Ray is the general manager of Crew 2. Looking forward to the final this weekend in MLS Next Pro's championship game, 5 o'clock, done at Lower.com Field. Tickets are available online. You can watch the game on Apple TV. And yet talented people like Lauren Courtois, uh, Wilfried Nancy, they don't thrive unless the environment is created for them internally. And people like yourself, Corey Ray, get credit for that. How do you integrate with the team as a general manager to help provide that landscape for a creator like Courtois and his staff to do what they need to do to make a team? Yeah, uh, listen, I think that's, that's the biggest thing and the, the unique kind of position that I'm in is that we're still between, you know, what we want to do as a first team as well. And so having the ability to listen to how Wilfried sees the game, spending a lot of time with Laurent and the staff and understanding how they see the game, um, making sure we're um, 
lockstep with the academy and the players coming through on that side and making sure that they understand how everybody is seeing things in the professional rung. Um, it's really a, a person in the middle of a lot of things. And so I would say it's a lot more about listening than certainly speaking at times hmm. uh, um, because there are so many different things that we need to be aware of when we are incorporating players, signing them, releasing them. Um, and so for me, the, the most important thing is to be present, um, to ask questions and then listen when the guys explain the challenges or when they see something that really looks good. Um, and then it's my job along with, you know, Isa, Mark and, and everybody here to elevate that to the level where we can make a decision as a club about what makes sense moving forward. So it's not easy, but if you understand the vision and the philosophy of the club, and that's been clear as day because of, you know, leaders like Tim Bezbachenko, you understand what Wilfrey is looking for. And then you listen about the the strengths and weaknesses of players underneath when Laurent and staff give you that. Um, it helps set up a real good understanding of what this club needs moving forward. And that's kind of where I sit in the middle. Corey Ray is the general manager of Crew 2. He joins us on Inside the Crew. Just about a minute left, Corey. I was going to ask you this question this way. 27 teams in the league right now. They added seven this year. And then two more over the next couple of years in MLS Next Pro. It feels like it's getting crowded. Are we afraid we're going to run out of talent? But my paradigm shift is, no, it's really the impetus is on guys like you to find coaches like Courtois to develop players through the academy level and then to the next level. Is that really more accurate? Yeah, a fully sustainable system is is one where we can rely heavily on what we have internally. And so the the group and the academy become even more and more important because we rely on those players to form the core of the team. So we got a real good core now that we can build with. Um, but certainly, like I said, a lot of teams are trying to, you know, copy or replicate or, or build their own teams. And so we just have to be a step ahead. And, and I think that's where we made the big shift this year. We started to get much younger. Um, and that's what we got to do for next year. I won't fully disclose some of those plans, but, um, we'll be right. a step ahead, hopefully, of the competition and we'll see what happens next year. Um, tell me how important it is to get the fan support you get for crew two. Uh, the the group is very unique and and they're very passionate and we've been all over the place now this year and and their fans are not quite like ours so we appreciate that the players are really aware of um, the enthusiasm and passion and for the game on Sunday we we, we just want to have as many people there as possible to celebrate these big moments and uh, if you're a fan of the club I think there's nothing better than you know being there for some silverware. And a trophy and I, I think that is something that you'll remember for the rest of your life and certainly our guys do from last year and i've heard some great feedback from the fans that were there last year so bring anyone you can get it full um support the crew support that you have a team here still um and support these young guys who are really putting it all on the line to to do well for the club in the city i hope you get a chance to hand another trophy to that group like you did last weekend great. in new england good luck yeah. this weekend Corey, and congratulations on a great season Thank you so much, as always. Crew 2 General Manager Corey Ray joining us on Inside the Crew. My thanks to Eunice Kim and Olivia Penagor of Columbus Crew and Columbus Crew 2 Communications for helping us to arrange that interview with Corey Ray, who is on Cloud9. We'll talk more about MLS Next Pro's championship game in just a moment when we chat with Charles Alchek, the president of MLS Next Pro. That's next on Inside the Crew. Let me see. Buckeyes, yes. Jackets, yes. Crew, yes. Fart noises, hell yes. The fan, Ohio sports destiny. 
Back again on Inside the Crew. We're talking the MLS Next Pro Championship game on Sunday night between Crew 2 and Austin FC 2. Game time, 5 o'clock at Lower.com Field. What a weekend for soccer. We've got Decision Day on Saturday night with the first team versus Montreal. That game kicks at 6.09. And then Crew 2 on Sunday for their second consecutive league championship. Unbelievable. At Wendy's, we're focused on what matters, and that's why we've made our hamburger square. When you want the best hamburger, square is the beef. Charles Alchek is the president of MLS Next Pro. He joins us on the show. Thanks so much for being with us, Charles. Let's talk a little bit about um, the fact that when you and I talked here a year ago, it felt like you were still kind of feeling your way through things. You're two years into this now. Is it a little more automatic, or are you still kind of feeling your way through what is generally speaking, a brand new experiment on the soccer landscape in America? You know, um, it's a great question, Chris. We, um, we're we still in startup mode uh, in many ways, uh, but we learned a lot last year. We learned a lot in 2022 that we're applying to everything that we've done in 2023. But um, as with all new projects, and in this case, as you know, this is a new league, um, we're, we're learning every day and working really hard at the league office uh, with our team here and in partnership with our teams across the league, with our club, clubs across the league to um, uh, improve our processes, our our policies, our strategies to uh, push the league forward. And in many ways, we're just getting started. Um, so while it feels very different than last year because a lot of it was new, even though many of us came from, many of us has, have come from, you know, the MLS world and have have brought those learnings uh, uh, to what we're doing in MLS Next Pro. Um, MLS Next Pro is very different uh, in many ways, and uh, we're we're trying new things. You know, we're new rules, new formats, um, and and testing and 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 pushing the game forward and so um that uh you know that's a process and we don't always get it right and and when we don't we work really hard to uh pivot and to improve and um but i think you know we've built uh we're really proud of how we've built off the success in our first season uh as we as we gear up for mls next pro cup uh in columbus on sunday Charles Alchek joins us on Inside the Crew, president of MLS Next Pro, eight years under his belt as an executive with Major League Soccer. Seven new teams this year. That means, Charles, that you guys grew by 30% after your first season. Austin FC2 is one of those new teams. Are you surprised to see a brand new team in the league uh, be entering this weekend's final? Well, um, you know, I, th- I think we're surprised with the matchup overall. You know, these were two teams that came into the playoffs um, not at the top end of the table as it related to the seedings, both in the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. So um, I'm not sure if you, we had polled, you know, the folks around the office as to who, uh, where the where Cup was going to be and who was going to be the opponent. I'm not sure that many would have had this matchup uh, down, you know, in their down on their bracket. Um, but but uh, you know. I'll answer the question in two parts. One is not surprised uh, with Austin in that um, from, you know, from the first moment that they uh, were building their plan before they even joined MLS, they had their vision for what their uh, second team could look like and where it could play. So as they were putting the plans together for, um, for the, the MLS stadium and for their training facility, 
at St. David's Performance Center, they came to us and said, we're going to build this uh, stadium for, um, for MLS next pro for the MLS next pro team. And the league, you know, didn't have a name back then and it didn't even exist, but they had a vision for where the team would play and how it would interact with the first team and interact with their academy. Um, and then they hired, you know, the right people to uh, put that plan into action. And, you know, they've had a great year. They have the goalie of the year, Damian Luss, who's, who's performed at a really high level all season and, you know, starred, uh, the other night in, uh, in, it feels like a long time ago, but in Commerce City, we were there, mm-hmm. uh, for the game and he had a great night, you know, throughout the, the game, uh, extra time, uh, uh, added time and then, um, and then through, you know, and, and in the shootout. So, you know, I give them a lot of credit because they had a very, uh, deliberate plan for how they wanted to build their second team and, uh, they've executed a high level. Uh, and they've had a really good run, you know, away from home uh, throughout the playoffs. And I'm sure they'll, uh, you know, be a tough opponent for Crew 2 on Sunday. And they've both been away from home because Crew 2 had to do it on the road as well. After Orlando, they went on the road to Crown Legacy and then went on the road to New England. A team, as you mentioned, not necessarily picked to finish in the top, say, six of the conference, but they did. And then beyond that, postseason becomes somewhat magical for Laurent Courtois and the black and gold and they're doing it the way i think mls next pro said some teams could and should do it and that is handpicking talent from the academy level and bringing them up and giving them the exposure at the pro level in mls next pro it is really a part of what your vision was early on is it not i you know the way i would answer that is uh the columbus crew from ownership through to their executive team with Tim Bezvichenko, with Corey Ray, you know, as, as, as the uh, executive whose, whose responsibility is MLS Next Pro day to day to the coaching staff has had a very clear vision and plan for how they were going to take full advantage of the platform that is provided by MLS Next Pro and they've executed at an extremely high level from day one. So, you know, last year speaks for itself. They were the best team in the league throughout the regular season. They won uh, at almost every individual award, you know, that was up for grabs, whether it was goalie of the year, MVP, coach of the year with Coach Courtois, um, and then, you know, winning cup on their, uh, you know, at their home field at lower.com. Um, and, and, you know, while they've had a lot of uh, turnover at the, with the, with the roster, um, and I have only had, I think it's four players who've, uh, played last year for, for, mm-hmm. uh, crew two who are part of the setup for this year. They've had several players move up from the team last year, now having prominent roles with the first team this season, whether it's Patrick Schulte or, or, uh, Jason Russell Rowe or Mohamed Farsi or others who, uh, did a great job last year. Next row took full advantage of the opportunities that were provided there and are now, um, you know, an important part of what's happening at the first team with the first team. And I think that's going to continue. So, uh, you know, Columbus is a great example of a team that's taking full advantage of the platform, whether it's moving players up through the academy, uh, to their next pro team, having that core group of players competing week in and week out, uh, who have signed professional, in many cases, their first professional contract with the next pro team and then having players come down from the first team and competing. Um, uh, consistently and getting games, you know, in a, in a highly competitive environment 
uh, in games of consequence, games that matter. Um, and, and the results speak for themselves. And I think that what, what you'll see in Columbus, uh, which won't surprise anybody at this point, is a continued progression of their players through the pro player pathway. You know, the best players coming up from the academy, getting their first professional opportunities in the next pro with Crew 2, signing their first contract, and then proving that they're ready for the bright lights uh, in Major League Soccer and competing on Saturday nights at Lower.com. MLS Next Pro President Charles Alchek joining us on Inside the Crew. Congratulations on your second year, a successful one. And in black and gold land, we're excited to welcome you to Lower.com Field on Sunday night. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Chris. We're really looking forward to being back. It should be a great event. The fans came out in force last year, and I know they'll do the same on uh, Sunday. Oh, so yeah. see you there. Yeah. You, you bet they will. Thanks so much, Charles. Great talking to you. Around the corner, we'll talk with uh, Columbus Dispatch sports columnist uh, Michael A. Race. We'll talk about Crew 2. We'll also talk about the first team. Dwight Burgess is in the wings, too. We'll talk uh, to him about the history that could very well be made Saturday night with the first team against Montreal. That's all on the way in just a moment. When riding in your car or truck, Please remember to buckle your safety belt. This message brought to you by the Ohio Department of Public Safety. If you're not buckled up, what's holding you back? This is Inside the Crew. If you're looking for the radio home of the crew, you've come to the right place. Because if we weren't, this promo would be very stupid. Proud to be your crew station, the band. Welcome back to Inside the Crew, brought to you by Tipico Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the Black and Gold. My thanks to Sarah Jamison for helping us out with the interview in the last segment with Charles Alchek of MLS Next Pro. We'll continue to talk about Crew 2 and their quest for a second consecutive MLS Next Pro championship with Michael Ares, who's the sports columnist for the Columbus Dispatch. Michael, thanks for being on the show. Crew 2 goes for a second consecutive championship on Sunday. Just thinking about pro sports in general, exactly how difficult is it for a franchise to become a finalist, much less a champion, a couple of years in a row these days? Well, uh, a lot of things have to come into alignment, right? I think, um, you know, there's uh, since since the I guess since um, Tom Brady left the Patriots, as as we were talking about earlier, Chris, um, uh, there are no more dynasties, right? Um, I think, I think you have, uh, it's the mark of a truly great team, right? I think, I think to, uh, I think about, um, um, the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, in, uh, 20 and 21, um, uh, in the NHL. Um, Geez, there's not a lot. I mean, it doesn't happen in baseball anymore, right? Um, right. You covered Michael Jordan and the Bulls. I mean, are I we did, going back I that did. far? Yeah. That, so that that's uh, that's that's dynasty. I don't think we'll see dynasties anymore. And I think it's because um, I think it's because things have. I think there's too much parity of talent. Um, there's too much. Um, there's too much parity of training method methods. Um, I think. I think. Um, I think there's there's very there's fewer secrets now. Um, who surprises anyone with anything anymore? Um, you know, in, in that sense, what Wilfred Nancy has done, and you can speak to this probably better than I can. But with 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 uh, the way he plays soccer in MLS is very interesting, just because we don't see stuff like that anymore. You know, right. um, you know, I think the remarkable thing about Crew Two is that, um, and I was talking to Tim, Tim Bezbachenko about this last night. Um, 
is 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 not even so much that they have a chance to repeat now. It's that when they walked into the building in 2019, um, after uh, Darth Vader was uh, banished to uh, wherever he crawled <laughs> into in the yeah. in the godforsaken state of Texas. Um, <laughs> You know, the the by that point, pre-court had already destroyed the academy system. You know, so right. like um so so Bez comes in and he's gotta hire a whole staff, um, build a whole staff. And, and he also had and that staff has to account for a hole in their recruitment that span as many as three years. So like there are age groups where they didn't have anything. And so to have that group dominate like they did last year um, and then make it all the way back to the final this year uh, with, with just three starters returning to me, that's a testament to some um, really smart people uh, doing a very good job um, given uh, what they were facing. um, Not, not a few years ago, you know, just like three years ago. In other words, they built something that um, they believe they can sustain. You know, right. and it starts. It's it's a top down thing from the from the first club all the way on down through the academy. Um, that's that's what the crew tooth thing kind of says to me. And I'm, I've I've written something that touches a touches on that. Is that they had to rebuild that whole thing because pre court destroyed it um, on purpose. Um, and and uh, it's at a point now where they can win it all and then get back with just three of the three starters returning. You know, it's it's um, it's a testament to the organization they've rebuilt. Michael Arias joins us on Inside the Crew. He's a sports columnist for the Columbus Dispatch. I don't want to end this conversation without um, putting a bow on it. Do you have a story this week that you want to promote about the Bezpachenko conversation? Um, I'm I'm writing a, a a feature. No, I just that was uh, I spoke to Tim about uh, about their uh, their change in uh, playoff. Uh, okay, uh, you know, and it's no, it's not, it's no. There's no secrets here. We. I wanted to talk to him uh, for a column about how what New England's victory meant to their, the the crew's playoff chances. Uh, obviously, a tie in their in their and they're in the top four. And if they win and New England win, they're uh, they're in third place. You know, right. if, if if New England beats Philly on on December twenty first, so um, and that was mission number one. And they're this close. You know, that was their goal when 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 they when when they opened the new stadium. Caleb Porter couldn't deliver. Wilfried Nancy has in his, in his first year. And then we talked about crew two getting back to the final. Um, and, you know, strangely enough, um, playing Austin, Austin too. And, um, you know, uh, no, crew fans don't like Austin. No, you know? we don't. We don't. Uh, and uh, so there's a lot of texture to that game. Um, yeah. You know, uh, there's going to be a, that that should be a very good home field advantage, shouldn't it, Chris? I, I think it should be, Michael, and, and I'm looking forward to being there myself. Um, thankfully, as a fan, uh, and looking forward to the matchup on Sunday night. All right, let's shift gears because you and I were talking in the media center uh, last week. You were teasing me about the Yevon Shaburko story that you did. Um, I'm still working on it. Yeah, it, it, okay, it should, it'll be coming out soon. But yes. All right. Uh, you know, Shaburko comes in and, and he plays in Atlanta. He gets the start, his second MLS start. And he puts in a really great shift, 98% passing accuracy, really didn't make any mistakes. He played very safely as a left center back. And I thought much more confidently than perhaps we'd seen him as a sub in five previous appearances. Um, what has uh, brought on this interest in the 
in the left center back and and what are you working on that you want to tease us about well it's it's really a um a profile of Chiburko himself um in terms of his play um you know you were there when when Wilfried Nancy was was talking about uh he was asked about Chiburko and, and uh and and this was a couple of weeks ago so um things have changed a little bit but you know Chiburko's really hard on himself um in a different way than Cucho Hernandez is 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 the way uh Wilfried Nancy put it um he's uh he beats himself up on mistakes, Chris. And you remember, like, was it Orlando where he headed the ball in? Uh, was that the stoppage time goal? Yes. Uh, in the second half, yeah. Well, he big mistake there, so he goes home and he beats himself up. They've been just trying to tell him, hey, those things happen. Uh, it's not great, but uh, you have to you have to eat those, move on, and uh, um, you know it's going to come. This is a process. It's a process, and that's why um, his 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 start now. He had to step in. Uh, because of a, a, a yellow card suspension for for Multi-Amundsen, but that's why that game was so encouraging. It's like some. It's like I, I'm just. I'm sure you thought the same thing. Like a light went off for for Chiberko. Yeah, you're right. And his his backstory is it's is to me was it was something I wanted to uh, look. You know, I wanted to know more about him. Um, he comes from uh, Melitopol, um, uh, Ukraine, or Melitopol, depending on how you want to pronounce it, and. Um, that's a southeastern city that's uh for millennia has been a uh a uh well they call it the gateway to Crimea uh, in that part of the world it was a, the Russian way through it's a transportation hub it's it's uh railroads and 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 highways and it's the reason that um that the Russians uh was one of the first cities they took um mm-hmm. in 2022 um and it it it's because it's strategically important and it's the city that Ukraine is trying and it looks like it won't be able to get back in this uh, Southern offensive that's been going on for a couple, a couple months of summer offensive. So um, he, he comes from right there and it was a, you know, it was an important city in world war two. It, it was a very important battle. And I'm just curious about what it's like to play, to try and play soccer, yeah. <laughs> you know, when, when, um, your hometown is is occupied by Russians, and and when I say occupied by Russians, I mean he he spoke about that. Um, you know they changed the signage. Uh, they um, they don't use the Ukrainian language in schools. It's only you can only speak Russian. Um, they force Ukrainian merchants to uh, do business with them, and and if if they if they push back, then well you disappear for a couple of days, you know, um, yeah. or maybe or maybe permanently. So. Um, he's got that, his mother's out of there. She's in Croatia where he was last. And, uh, uh, you know, he's a young, uh, very talented left footed center back. Um, I, Amundsen has, has put his, wrapped his arms around that job and it's going to be tough to, to dislodge. Right. But, uh, he's a guy that's, that's a long-term future guy for, for, for the crew. Chris, I'm sure you'd agree. Yeah, for sure. Yevon Shaburko is, uh, a player that I, I'm sure will, if he sticks around, and I hope he does, because the acclimation process takes a lot of time. But if you're patient through it, I think we saw it with um, uh, Alex Matan. If you're patient with it, it can certainly pay off, especially with the right coach who is taking care of you in the process. We'll look forward to that story. We'll also look forward to a little more from Michael A. Race as we get through not just the championship game this weekend for Crew 2, but also for the MLS Cup playoffs. Michael, thanks so much for being a part of the show. 
Pleasure is mine, Chris. Take care. Michael A. Race with uh, Columbus Dispatch. Great to have him on the show. Like the Columbus crew, Wendy's new crew meal deal is massive. Grab 18 bucks and feed your crew today at participating Wendy's for a limited time. We're going to talk about some of the history that the first team could make Saturday night in their decision day matchup against Montreal with Dwight Burgess, longtime voice of the Columbus crew. That's next on Inside the Crew. Big Voice Guy here to remind you that you're listening to The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Okay, thanks. I have three more seconds. Uh, Fan. Welcome back to Inside the Crew. The first team has got a matchup with Montreal. Decision day on Saturday night, 6.09 the kickoff. We'll have the pregame coverage for you here at 5.30 on Saturday night. Dwight Burgess is the original voice, both radio and television of the Black and Gold. He joins us on Inside the Crew. A lot of history to be made this weekend, or potentially anyway. Dwight, thanks for being on the show. My pleasure, Chris. Good to, good to connect. I, I, um, I, you know, I wondered... Back in 1999, when Stern John scored two hat tricks in a single season, much the way Cucho did this season, can you talk about what it was like to watch Stern John in action and, and perform the way he did for the black and gold? He was, Chris, I think a classic goal scorer. When he got hot, the confidence was there. There was always this big, wide grin on his face and you could tell he just loved playing but he had the technical proficiency he had the tactical awareness and when he got confident it just uh flowed from his foot into the back of the net it was really amazing to see no it's interesting we have seen and you as a former striker yourself you know that goal scorers tend to kind of go into dips and valleys when they're when they're on a on a run um, we have seen Cucho come up dry on several game occasions and then all of a sudden just unleash. Is that something we should expect from goal scorers? I think that's 100% accurate. And you can look uh, around the globe at uh, the top levels and you'll see that there are certain players that are always going to get theirs, but they're not scoring every game. They're not necessarily scoring every other game. They score in bunches. Right. Um, and the very, very best, of course, to do it more frequently. But at the end of the day, it's about consistency over the season rather than a short segment when they might be cold or particularly hot. We saw that with Giassi Zardes, who was um, a streaky goal scorer. And, yeah. you know, uh, his coaches always talked about that. But, you know, you you live through that. You find help from the other players on the squad. And then when that guy gets hot, you got to get him the ball. Yep, 100%. And uh, Stern was so interesting because he could hold the ball so well, Chris, that, um, and I know you have familiarity with him, but he could hold the ball so well that it wasn't easy to mark him because if you wanted to, you know, single mark, you're in trouble. But if you, you got cover there, uh, maybe came in with a double team, he would just be as happy to give up the ball to wow. somebody else. So, um, very, one of the things that I think made him unique was his, was unselfishness. Um, uh, but he really understood the difference. One on one, he was going to go to goal. White Burgess, the original voice of the Columbus crew, both in radio and television, joins us on Inside the Crew. A year before Stern John had those two hat tricks in a single season was 1998 when the crew scored a record 67 total goals. The club's heading into the last game of the season. They've got 66. They can not not only tie that record, but it's conceivable that they they break it because they're averaging two goals a game. Um, what do you remember about the outpouring of goals back in 98? It was so early in the league's yeah. 
lifetime, man. But I, I mean, you had McBride and you had a bunch of contributors in that season. Yeah, that was uh, that was a special season. It was uh, interesting, Chris, in the types of goals that were scored, because as you recall, some of the venues they played in, they were still at the shoe at home games going to Tampa, where you had that massive crown in the field um, out to uh, San Jose, which had a unique setup on the field. Although your good friend and mine, Bill McDermott, would always take out time when we were there to show me the spot where his free kick won an NCAA championship. So that was always high quality Love talking Bill. about goal scoring. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yeah. But I I think it was a combination of where the league was at that time and the uniqueness of the venues in which the games were being played that made it so special because it wasn't like it was today where you're replete with these wonderful soccer-specific stadiums or the handful of big places like in Atlanta where you expect a certain level of quality. There were challenges just to play the game, and in that season, every challenge was met and exceeded. They were playing in environments, the field aside, that were cavernous for the most part. Um, you're playing the Colorado Rapids in a football yeah. stadium. You're, you're yeah. playing, uh, Houston and God knows where. Um, and, and so, and, and then Arrowhead Stadium was another one of those cavernous stadiums where you had to play Kansas City and, and, you know, maybe you had six, 11,000 people there, but it sure seemed like very few. Yet the, the, the players found it within themselves to put the, entertainment value into a game and for the crew that year um a record 67 goals and again as we said going into the weekend the final game of the regular season 66 on the schedule you bring up playing at the shoe we had a couple of sellouts there um the club is about to set a new record for sellouts in a season um and that'll be 15 with the game against montreal but what do you what do you think that says about the evolution of the league in general? And then more specifically, what it says about the Columbus market for professional soccer? I think that it has MLS established its footprint on the American sports scene. Um, I think there's far more acceptance nationally of the league and the sport than there ever has been. And the people have responded. Um, I think that there's been some very smart ownership decisions about the types and sizes of stadiums to, on the one hand, create atmosphere, but on the other to create demand. You know, you go out to 40,000 or plus, you're probably not going to sell it out on a regular basis, but you get in the 20 to 25,000 range and you give a product that people want to see and they're going to turn out. So I think it's a huge uh, statement on behalf of the league this that they have found their mark on the American professional sports landscape. And for Columbus, it's it, it's simply not to dredge up old things, but it shows that Save the Crew uh, was the right thing for the right reasons and done by the right people. Dwight Burgess joins us on Inside the Crew, the original radio and television voice of the black and gold, reflecting on some of these records that Columbus is set to either meet or beat in the uh, weekend ahead against Montreal. When you think about the significance of historic crew stadium, does it still hold water? I mean, you just mentioned save the crew. That's where the team was playing at the time. They didn't have this right. palace down in the arena district. Does, right. it, does it still hold a warm uh, spot in your heart? hundred percent. In fact, when I think about the crew, that's still where I think of them first. And for me, 
and my connection, it'll probably always be that way. Um, I love going to the new stadium. Um, and what they've done there is, is fantastic. But my connection to the history of the game was at historic crew stadium, the, the lovable little erector set, as I like to refer to it from time to time. When you think about 2017 and how the crew was able to get a record 12 home wins, the word fortress comes to mind. I think you were the one who introduced it to me. Um, Columbus really did a terrific job of protecting their home field advantage. The club is currently sitting on 11 home wins with the possible victory against Montreal on decision day. They could meet that record of 12 home wins. How significant is that for a, for a professional team in general? I think it's highly significant. And in our sport, Chris, we talk about it all the time. When at home, grab some points on the road. That's the, the mathematical equation to success. But to be dominant at home in the way that this team this year has been in so many games, uh, I think is reflective of a mentality. I think it's reflective of a roster. And I think most importantly, it's a, re- it reflects the leadership of this organization on the field, you know, beginning with the coaching staff and then the veterans such as a Darlington Nagby. White Burgess joins us on Inside the Crew, longtime and the original voice of the black and gold, both in radio and television. Also a college soccer coach. I don't know how you juggled so much during your tenure as a broadcaster, but you did. Uh, today, you're the head coach of Wittenberg University's men's soccer program, and you guys are off to a fantastic start. Congratulations on that. Thank you. We are. We're really pleased with the season to date. Got a great group of young men, uh, work very, very hard. We see it at practice every day and it's, it's yielded some success. And, uh, we've had some challenges as teams do during the course of the season. In our case, it's been some, some recent injuries, but you know, as we talk with the guys about all the time, championship teams overcome. And, uh, that's what we're in the process of doing right now is giving new guys opportunities they haven't previously had so that they can step up and, and be a big contributor. Dwight, you've been a coach for a long time. Do you constantly find yourself learning new things about the way you can teach the game to young players? hundred um, percent. And I think that comes from watching the game, from attending, you know, the national convention annually, where you're able to see and hear presentations from coaches of all sorts of backgrounds. Um, and also the people you surround yourself with. I have uh, a couple of guys on my staff that are young and they bring fresh ideas and, you know, we really incorporate them into what we're doing on a daily basis. And it's very refreshing and, and a reminder that you can always be learning. Dwight, thanks so much for being on the show. It's always great to talk to you, my friend, head coach of the Wittenberg men's soccer program and former and the original voice of the Columbus crew, both in radio and television, Dwight Burgess. Our show tonight brought to you by Tipico Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the Columbus crew and by Ohio Cat, the official construction equipment provider of the black and gold on the air Saturday night, 530 with decision day, Columbus versus Montreal live from lower dot com field. This is inside the crew. The Fan Guest Hotline is sponsored by Sears Heating and Cooling and Bryant. Doing whatever it takes to keep you and your home comfortable. The Fan Broadcasting.